What's the story? That's what I want to know. My name is Joe Painter, and our guest is Mary Kay Bernoski, the executive director of BWIC, or Burke's Women in Crisis. What's the story with domestic violence? It's, you know, certainly national discourse right now with the NFL, um, but it's it's prevalent. The statistics show us it is everywhere. It's at our neighbors. It's with our classmates. It's with a coworker. Yet we often don't know it. So a couple of things, Mary. How do we break the silence? But before we break the silence, we have to identify it. So how do we identify it? Well, domestic violence is basically a pattern of co- coercion and control. So the ultimate goal of, of perpetrators of domestic violence is to gain control over another person. And they use a lot of tactics. Some of the ones that we see are the physical violence, right? That's what we can identify. We can say he's hitting her. That's domestic violence. But it often starts with isolation, removing her from her other supports, her family, her friends, anyone else that might be of um, someone of support to her. So if I have a coworker, correct, and there's always an excuse why she can't come along to the littlest exactly. of things, is that a, a little bit of a red flag? That, that should be a red flag. If she says, oh, my husband doesn't like when I do this, or my partner doesn't like when I do that. Or if it's my sister. Or your or sister. Or my aunt. Correct. Or, you know, so if I'm seeing that, and I'm scratching my head going, why doesn't Sarah want to come along? What do I do with that? Well, our, what we would encourage people to do is to stay connected with that person. Don't force them into saying, well, come along, because you don't know what the consequences of that might be. Mm-hmm. That might not be safe for her. But stay connected with her and start having some conversations. You know, maybe you say, you know, how, how do you feel? How is your relationship? Tell me what you're feeling. Is that going to make her scared? I mean, how, how do you know that I'm not going to offend? Because it doesn't maybe necessarily mean she's being right. abused. So you're making an assumption. It, you are, but that's why you ask it in a, in a way of, you know, tell me how you're, how's it going? How do you feel? Um, are you worried about anything? You Leave it open-ended, and if she says, no, 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 I'm fine, that's okay. You just keep that door open until maybe she feels comfortable and says, you know, actually, I'm a little worried about this. This happened and I'm, I'm concerned or I don't like that I can never go out with my friends or I don't like that I can never do something separate from him. Okay. How do we prevent? Because earlier, Mary Kay, you talked about um, there's that emotional abuse. There's that control. Right. And most women probably don't think that's domestic abuse because they're not being hurt. Correct. So how do you nip it in the bud before it, you know, they raise the bar, as you mentioned? Well, our, our belief is, is we have to redefine what a healthy relationship is. So we have to start looking at those um, relationships where there's an abundance of, you know, we have to spend time together. I only want you to spend time with me. And teaching our young women and our young men that that's not an appropriately healthy relationship. People think, though, he loves me so much. I know, and that's unfortunately the perception that we give people, that that's romantic, that that's what love is. But it's not. Love is wanting that person to be, wanting another person to be completely fulfilled and happy. That's what we would call love. And free. And free. The whole, you know, if you love something, set it free. If it comes yeah, back to you, it's yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah. If it's not, if it doesn't, it never was. So that understanding that love is not control. Love is not, this person is mine. It's not about possession. Love is, I am here to help this person fulfill their own dreams. Okay, so we're talking about a coworker or a sister. Uh, what about the children in this family where there is abuse? Do we encourage children to talk about it? I mean, children, I, I would... Guess are going to maybe act a little bit differently. 
Well, absolutely. And and for children who are in, in domestic violence situations, we know that they're at greater risk of child abuse, child sexual abuse, all kinds of things, because they're vulnerable. They don't have a parent who might be uh, able to protect them from other reasons. Mm-hmm. So we see that those children are at great risk for a number of things, not doing well in school, not being healthy physically, not being healthy mentally, um, and being victimized in other areas. So we want to encourage children to talk about what's happening at home. So again, what are identifiers? What are our red flags so that we can care for one another better and remove the covers? Well, if you're talking about children, I guess some of the red flags are, um, you know, not being able to do well at school or sometimes, you know, it seems contradictory, maybe being so so concerned with their grades, so concerned with doing well, they're afraid that if they don't, something bad will happen. But that could be construed as this is a really good student. It could be, but that's why you have to just talk talk to kids and let find out what's going on with them. Um, Who should do that talking? I mean, whose who's quote-unquote job is it? Well, I think it's all of our job. If okay. you have any, any um, relationship with children, if you're a teacher, if you're a guidance counselor, if you're a nurse at the pediatrician's office, if you're a neighbor, um, if you're the coach, certainly if you're the coach or the cheerleading assistant or the, um, you know, whoever it is that we're working with kids in any way that we have kids with us, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, that's where we have the opportunities to have these conversations. Okay, kids or adults, you're seeing a red flag. Where do we draw that line? It's not my, you know, mind your own business. It's none of your business. And where do we say... No, I need to make this my business. Well, that sometimes can be a difficult decision because we always say, you know, it's really up to the person to make their own choices. But the reality is, even though they have the right to stay in that relationship, for example, Janae Rice has the right to stay in that relationship. She might, you know, she obviously loves this person. There might be various reasons why she's staying there, but that doesn't mean that what he did was okay and that as a society we can't say it's not okay and we're going to have some penalties for that. We are allowed to say, and we do it in all other areas, this is, not what a, this is not what a person in our community behaves like. We will not accept this behavior. So, Doesn't that make the victim feel even worse? I mean, are we no, re-victimizing we think, them? N- no. We, by saying that, we're saying it's not up to the victim about how you behave. She, okay. can, she can stay in that relationship, but this behavior is unacceptable to our community. We do that in all other cases. That's why, you know, there's laws against physical violence. There's laws right. against right. sexual violence. Um, how that victim chooses to, to react in that relationship, but we as a community can say that's not okay. And even, even in terms of forgetting the criminal justice system, you know, you're a coach. You're a head coach in a, boy, a young boy's football league and you know that one of your assistant coaches has been abusive to their partner and and you know people know that you you, this has been seen it's okay to say our coaches don't act this way you can't do that and be and remain a coach that's Mm -hmm. just not acceptable or our teachers drawing our own boundaries is what you're saying exactly our own healthy boundaries right there's no there should be consequences for this behavior in in our society and that's what will make a difference too okay now I have a coworker who I know is being hurt. And maybe she's talked a little bit about it. Uh, maybe I've not seen a bruise. Maybe I saw a bruise. Whatever. But she's scared. Yeah, absolutely. How do I get her to pick up the phone and call BWIC? Do you ever call on her behalf? What, what's the appropriate way to help somebody when they're scared? 
to the point of they're crippled. They don't, right. they're frozen. Well, generally speaking, we do wait for people to contact us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would encur- just encourage that or say, I will come with you or I will make the call with you. Um, we have hotlines. Is it anonymous, those calls? Days. They can be. They absolutely okay. can be. You can call Berkshire Women in Crisis and not identify yourself, and we can talk through a safety plan with you to the, you know, getting the information that we absolutely need without an identifier. So absolutely you could do it that way. But one of our, our newest projects, our lethality assessment project, is kind of looking at that issue as well. We know what is that lethality assessment? We project? are working with the with the Reading Police Department on a protocol that was established in Maryland, um, and the idea is women are safer when they're connected with domestic violence resources. They have found that fifty percent of the fatalities have been reduced when women are connected with domestic violence agencies and are provided that support. So the goal is for that police officer who is responding to a call, if he believes based on um, an assessment that's 11 questions that they will ask this woman that this is a high-danger situation, they will immediately contact a domestic violence advocate, and we will be put in contact with this victim to encourage that. So they are making the call and saying, I'm here with this victim, and I want you to talk to her. You made it very real and very serious Mm -hmm. when you attached the word lethality. Exactly. Because it maybe is a bruise, maybe it's a cracked rib, maybe it's control, but it ends in death. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Women are still dying at the same rate they were 40 years ago because of this violence. We recently, and there was a headline yesterday, um, a man who had strangled his partner to the point that she was unconscious, then had a seizure, and is now a quadriplegic. He was charged with attempted murder and aggravated assault. He was found not guilty of the attempted murder, but he was found guilty of aggravated assault. Um, and that this is here in Berks this County. This is here in Berks County. And that is something that is that can happen. Strangulation is one of the highest risk factors for women in abusive relationships because it's it doesn't take long to have that fatal effect. Stop it before it gets there. Right. I mean, you focus a lot on prevention, and I'm hearing if we are, number one, if we're in that situation, keep the number handy. Contact BWIC. Is, is danger higher when you contract? Does it get more dangerous? No, actually, um, the highest danger for women is, is after they're leaving a relationship. So we encourage women to contact us first so we can go through a safety planning process. And that's why we more believe that. this fatality... What the Maryland program has found is that when you're contacting us, we're helping you work through that safety planning. We're helping you get the, all the resources that you need to keep yourself safe, looking at all of the angles. So you know, plan. Every situation is different. Everybody's mm-hmm. resources are different. Everybody's um, risk factors are different. So having these individuals in contact with the domestic violence agency to, to look at what, what are the issues here. Do I have, does she have children? That's mm-hmm. going to impact her safety. Um, does she have financial resources? Does she have friends that she can go to? Does she have a job that he knows where she is and she can't change? Um, those kind of things, and we can work through that. So that is showing that that has a, the biggest impact in reducing those fatalities. It's happening in Maryland, and it's now happening here, the plan, yes. having that lethality plan or assessment project in place. We'll find out more about how we can put an end finally to domestic violence coming up here on What's the Story.